welcome to FiverCast, the official Fiverr podcast for sellers by sellers. My name is Red, and you can find me on Fiverr as Red Horrocks. And my name is Ryan. You can find me on Fiverr as Custom Drum Loops. And today we are joined by Dan, who goes by Dansha on Fiverr. And Dan, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. It feels great to be here in this show and talk with you live. And I'd like to, to take this opportunity to thank you for having me every week behind the scenes and for all the insights that you provide. I'm learning a lot from it. Well, thank you so much for being here, Dan. We're, we're super excited to have you today. So in case you guys haven't noticed, we kind of have um, the epic awesomeness of Dan, who does our editing, and Ryan, who does our jingle today. So this is a super special episode. Dan, can you tell us a little bit about you, how long you've been on Fiverr, and what you do? Uh, my name is Dan. I also go by producer named Dansha. I'm a record music producer. I'm a composer and sound engineer for more than 10 years now. I'm based in San Francisco, uh, where I work on my own music and along with working with local bands and also collaborate with other artists from all over the world, thanks to Fiverr, by the way. I usually work with singer-songwriters and EDM producers. Uh, that's because I'm also a remixer. And I've been on Fiverr for two years now. I'm a top-rated seller today. And on Fiverr, I offer some of my skills that I've just mentioned, but most of my work on Fiverr comes from audio production jobs, uh, which demands a slight different set of skills, more like audio editing, audio restoration, and sound design. Those are some examples. And I can say that on Fiverr, about 50% of my customers are musicians who record their music or vocals or instruments by themselves or in a professional recording studio and just need my touch to, to enhance it using audio gear and digital tools, which I have. And the other half of my clients here are businesses or private clients who need someone to deal with audio editing tasks. Uh, they need it for their eBooks, narrations, interviews, video games, uh, apps, radio shows, YouTube channels, or, or podcasts, like in this podcast, for example. So since I'm a freelance, that part of my business is anyway operated online, I'm very responsive to messages that I get most of the day work, and that makes it easier for me to be very responsive on Fiverr as well. I think that that's what made me a top-rated seller, the fact that I'm very responsive. And I can say that Fiverr became an integral part of my business because not only I'm able to be a seller on Fiverr, I'm also a consistent buyer on Fiverr. I use this platform as a resource for musicians to feature in my own projects. So... All along my day, I'm on Fiverr. Half of the time, I'm providing services. And when I'm done with my to-do list, I just purchase orders uh, with other musicians to play, to be featured on my projects. So it's cool. I like it. And I have a question for you. Yep. So it's interesting because if you've seen my handle is Custom Drum Loops. Mm -hmm. When uh, I initially joined Fiverr, I'm a musician as well. Um, mm -hmm. I went to Berkeley College of Music back in Boston, and I always wanted to do something with selling it online. And so I was sure at the beginning that drum loops would be a great way to make some extra money. Mm -hmm. And to this day, I still have not sold a single drum loop on Fiverr, which is funny because I still have people ask, oh, you're a drummer. You know, what kind of kit do you play? Do you make, can you make me drum loops? I said, well, I can, but I don't, don't really do that anymore. And it shifted into doing jingles. So when you joined did you start with a gig that you thought would sell well, or did you start with a gig that was something you enjoyed doing, or was it a combination of both? 
Um, I started with the simplest job I can do, like a very simple editing tasks, something that will take me like seconds to do and very easy, like, like fades in, fade out, cutting piece for separated files, combine audio files together. Those are kind of jobs that doesn't require for me a long time to do. And uh, along the way, I, I discovered the potential that Fiverr offered me and started to offer some other skills that I have, like being more involved in production with, for example, with, with vocalists who record their vocals at their home and I can enhance their, their recording. And along the way, I, you know, if, if I hear something that, that can improve the performance of that person that I, I'm working with, so I'm giving advices so it's kind of being a producer, being able to help other musicians, other vocalists to improve themselves. That must be pretty rewarding, though. I mean, to be able to come in and listen to someone's product, especially when it's like an artistic, creative product, to know that you can help them like be the best version of that. Do you find that really kind of heartwarming and refreshing? I can say that it's definitely rewarding because I always get positive feedbacks and this is what really draws me in to Fiverr uh, to be able to get like between five or ten positive feedbacks a day where people are actually take their time to to write a, a real feedback, you know, something personal. I think it's great. And I know you touched on your first gigs, being able to do something quick. I remember doing my first jingle gig. It took me two hours to do a $5 order. So I knew if I wanted to do anything more than a hobby, I had to get more efficient with it. And I think the more you do, the better you get at developing systems and putting things into place. But it seems like you had that right from the beginning. Did this sort of help you build a business model towards what you wanted to do on Fiverr? You know, it seemed like you had that approach from the start. And what have you implemented since to improve both your customer service and your quality? Uh, since most of the audio production and editing tasks are pretty easy to perform and it usually doesn't take much time to do, I've developed a business model which based on quick response once a customer reaches out and fast turnaround times. And I mean extremely fast turnaround times. Like if a job can be done uh, within seconds or minutes, there's no need that the customer would wait one day or two days or even until the end of the day if I can do that. Uh, it leaves a great impact. Anyway, I work from home. The moment I see a message, I, I interact with the seller and he automatically feels that someone is committed to, to this task and he feels that he wants to bind himself to this seller. And they, and they gain trust in Fiverr. You know, it's, it's, I, I believe that it's not very easy to, to put trust in an online service because you don't know who's the person behind the line and you give them money and they did some of the of the buyers don't understand how Fiverr works. Sometimes they ask me questions how it how it works. Will will they get a refund? Will they you know stuff regarding money? And I want to make them sure that they are in good hands. So my attitude is to give them like a very personal uh, touch. So it seems like for you, one of the most important things is is having a realistic expectation with your buyer and then going ahead and exceeding that expectation. Everyone's on the same page and then you just knock it out of the park. Yes, something like that. <laughs> so, Dan, I know that you travel a lot, yes? I like to travel, you know, I'm kind of a traveler. 
because my family and friends uh, are from Israel. So I visit Israel once a year and I have some guests over here for like a couple of times a year. And, and, and even every, every weekend for me is kind of a vacation because I do not work on weekends. I'm just wondering, um, as someone who you, as someone who does does travel frequently and does, um, he's really really good at um, being able to disengage and take time away. How do you how do you handle that with your clients when you are when you are actually because I know I know for me it's very hard for me to take time to myself, um, and it seems like it's something you're really good at. So how do you handle that with your clients when you are? still trying to meet this like level of customer experience, right. but without it, without it diminishing you from being able to do the things that you want to do. How do you strike that balance? So what I usually do, um, I, I uh, prepare uh, a quick response. You know, I'm, I'm using uh, the quick response feature a lot. I really like it. Uh, that's saying that, you know, for example, if it's a, it's a vacation that I won't be able to work at all, that, you know, I'm taking a, a time off and I'll be back uh, by a specific date. And uh, would you be able to wait with it for a while till I get back? Or uh, I hope that uh, that you could wait with it for a while. Some personal message. And once a day, like when I'm on a vacation, I just going online and see if I get any messages. And I just, you know, shoot them their me this message, this prepared message. And the funny thing is that when I get back from a vacation, like almost most of the of those buyers, they're they're waiting for me. They're waiting till I get back. Regarding the the vacation mode, I, I wish that Fiverr could add an even I think it's even better feature than the quick response. Something like an automatic quick response, like for example when you leave your office, so someone sends you mail and gets an automatic message that uh, I'm sorry, I'm out of the office, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, that when your your profile is set on a vacation mode and someone reaches out, it, get, it gets it automatically. In terms of the automatic response or weekend responses, I think that might turn some buyers off a little bit as it makes it very robotic. You know, with the quick responses, even though they're pre-programmed, you're still sending that message out. And if you have something that's preset and pre sending with just automatically when someone sends a message becomes pretty apparent that it's robotic. And for me personally, I wouldn't want to do that because I feel like if people got that too much. They would start to wonder how much I'm actually involved in that process. And I think the personalized element really adds to creating a relationship as a buyer and a seller. I think you're right. But if you're doing that, I mean, if you if you can program the automatic message, it will be exactly as the, as using the pre-programmed quick response, but just getting it automatically. Let's say like a, a minute later, for example. This is how I work. I like I send a quick response a minute after I get a message, just to let the person know that I'm currently busy, but I'll get back to you like uh, in two hours, something like that, or by the end of the day. I will deliver it uh, by by tomorrow. I think it could go either way. I think one of the other big things about the idea of weekend mode is every so often, I don't I don't do this all the time, but because my standard delivery is is forty eight hours, so I have a plethora of options. So I I work every day of the week. I never I never really take a day off. But I've been thinking about the weekend mode thing a little bit more lately, and I think the other idea of it would be to have a way to 
automatically without having to go in and change your delivery time to say three days and shutting off your extra fast delivery and things like that. I think the other idea behind it would be an automatic way to basically pause what's available over a weekend so that you are literally only working on business on business days or for people who because I know people whose weekend is not Saturday Sunday like I know someone whose weekend is Wednesday Thursday so it's mm. I like the idea of it I, I I like the idea of the quick of the automatic response a lot but I think I think Ryan's right in it being you'd have to be really really careful about it becoming impersonal um so I think I think for me, I'm kind of curious if, if Fiverr does come up with something. I'm sure they'll have done plenty of homework on it. But it's going to be interesting if it comes in to see like how it would work and who would use it and what kind of customizations you can make for it. It would be interesting to have business day delivery mode with an option for a weekend delivery extra if someone didn't want to work Ooh, on weekends. I love yeah. that idea. So if you could set business delivery. So if you say I deliver in five standard business days, mm -hmm. but you had an option for weekend delivery as an extra. Mm, yeah. So if someone needed it, there could be a premium price on getting it delivered on the weekend. That would be great. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully the powers that be are listening to the podcast. When you're on vacation, do you set your vacation mode on or do you extend delivery times? What's your preferred method to get in I contact? I set on vacation mode, but I don't like using vacation mode because um, first I, I don't I don't know why it happens. People are still uh, reach out, although I'm on vacation mode. Like I think that on vacation mode, people can't order a gig, but they can send you a message. From what I understand about that, it's people can send you a message if they've already contacted you before, so they can go into their inbox and and they can continue a thread that they already have with you but they shouldn't be able to um, use the contact me button. The contact me button should, should in theory be, um, be disabled. So you might find that it's just, it's just your regular people that are able to message you, which is kind of good because they're probably going to be the ones that are most understanding. They are understanding, but some of the time they have schedules, you know, and they can't wait for me. And a good example is this podcast, Fibercasts. You work with me on a weekly basis and some other clients work with me on a weekly or bi-weekly or monthly basis. And I want to do my best, you know, to be avail available for them all the time uh, because they are kind of like, you know, loyal buyers. They kind of rely on that. I already know their requirements and we've already established a good work relationship. And I always want to give those buyers, you know, the extra effort. If I'm visiting my family, for example, I have, you know, an hour here or an hour there and I'm already having my laptop with me. So if I can do a quick job, I'm doing it. I'm just, uh, you know, I'm, although it's on vacation mode, I just turn it off for like one hour, for example, let them order the gig and then get back to vacation mode again after I finish. But it's, it's, it rarely happens. Like I think it happens only with you guys. I think. I'm sure it helps that you're doing something that you love too. I mean, if you were working a normal job and it was something you didn't like, it'd be a lot harder to do on vacation. I don't know what is a normal job. I mean, I'm a freelance. <laughs> I'm, I'm a freelance. That's a good thing. <laughs> a, I, I, I was a freelance and all my life. But, and that's what makes it easier for me to be like full time on Fiverr again. It's very rewarding again. Like uh, Fiverr became like a big part of my income. I can surely say that. And, and I think part of the, the income is about uh, getting tips. Again, if I'm exceeded the expectations, 
of a buyer by delivering like extra fast, they really appreciate it. And sometimes the, the tip is much higher from the, from the gig itself. I truly believe it's because of my, uh, the, the, of my fastness, you know, how fast I am. Yeah, it's over-delivering, giving the fast delivery and the quality. I mean, that leads to buyers wanting to come back and they want that good experience. And if you're giving that to them, they're going to be more inclined to leave a gratuity or a tip. And I think it's also about, there, There's a, I know there are some sellers that kind of feel that their delivery time is malleable. But for me, I know I feel like if I've said, okay, this is the standard delivery time of my gig, I'm really, really set on holding myself to that standard that I've set for myself. And I feel like it's not just about like exceeding expectations. It's also about putting forth exactly what you feel that you can achieve and making sure that your buyers understand, like representing yourself accurately with what you can do to your buyers and then never letting them down. Like, I think that's super important for me. Mm -hmm. It builds trust too. I mean, it's, it's, especially when they come back, they know exactly what they're going to get and they know what to expect. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's why you can go on vacation. Someone like Dan can go in vacation mode and his clients, you know, will a lot of the times wait for him because they know that they know what, what he can do and they know that he is the person that they choose to do this job. And, and you know, unless, of course, they're on a crazy time crunch. I think, I think a lot of clients do that. I think that's a pretty standard thing. Yeah, I mean, I think the wait time outweighs the risk of going in search for something new. Because you could end up going and getting a subpar product or getting something that's worse and trying again and being out money and having to wait anyway the same amount of time. You know, so I think that when you build that relationship, sometimes it's worth the wait. It happens to me as a buyer, you know, when I work with a specific musician, with a specific player, like I can think of this bass player that I'm working with that um, I would wait for him even like a few weeks if he's on a vacation mode because he, he got used to my style and I got used to his style and we're just, we're kind of like a collaborators. So I would wait for him. So when you're collaborating on music um, for you, cause I know that you, I know that you do, you say you do about half of the stuff you do on Fiverr is actually working on other projects with people. Um, is there, as a buyer, is there any advice you can give to musicians who want to work on Fiverr as to how to is there anything that you wish that all musicians who worked on Fiverr knew that would make their experience as a seller and your experience as a buyer the most cohesive and good experience as I said it's it's all about uh, response responsivity the more responsive they will be the the better chance that they will get a job you know everyone needs to do a research like when someone search for audio editors like me or when someone search for piano players, for example, uh, I think it's better to to send, you know, to find, you know, your top your top five or top ten sellers and send all of them the same message. And the first person who gets back gets the job. So it's very important to be responsive. So as someone who works in a really artistic field. Because, I mean, really, there's there's so much subjectivity. I mean, yes, of course, if you're doing edit, standard editing work, you can say, okay, I'm going to, this needs to be cut here and this needs to be cut here. And that's really specific. But if, if you're working in something more artistic where you are going back and forth with someone about um, creating, basically creating an, an art piece, 
Are there any like particular challenges that you encounter when you're doing that kind of work with your buyers or with your sellers? I don't see it as a challenge. I'm very experienced, so I can I can feel a mismatch from the first note. Like if something is, if someone not delivers the idea that I I want, I I don't I don't proceed with this person. I'm just saying thank you. It was lovely to meet you, and that's it. I'm I'm not I'm not going to uh, back and forth too much. Uh, but still, if if some if I need a minor adjustments. That's that's cool. Uh, most of them are very collaborative, and uh, and eventually, after one time or two times, you know, I have the right track to use. And since I'm an editor, I, or I I edit their tracks eventually to fit to my needs, but I don't see it as a challenge. I found that when doing the music portion, because pretty recently I passed the 5,000 song mark between the instrumental gigs and the ukulele and full band songs, a big part of it is references. So rather than just communicate with text, it's like, hey, do you have any references in mind that you want to give me direction with? That a lot of times helps because it's something you can listen to and interpret and send something back that that way it's not just text, but you get the audio as well. It, It just gives an extra element, an extra layer to communicate with and i think that helps for me personally so when i when i order gigs from when i'm working with other musicians the reference file that i'm sending them is like for example my my own uh, demo i record myself playing the piano as a guide track and ask them to replace it you know to get ideas from what i'm bringing them and to use it as an inspiration to bring their but but i, I will always want to hear their inputs. It's more important than than my reference or my guide. I think that's great. And it, it just with the sending references, if someone says, I want slap bass in a song, it's do you want slap bass like Flea or do you want slap bass like Primus? It can sort of give a clearer picture of what sound they're looking for and what type of genre they're looking for. And I know that 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 changes across genres. So if you're doing, you know, some film composing, it might not help as much. But I think just even sending a reference piece with audio and it, it gives that extra level of communication. I, I, I like to hear what they can, what they can bring up from from themselves as an artist without any interference. Sometimes reference is an interference. This is how I work. Like I like to I like to you know to be inspired by their input as well. I can give you like a good example. I think it was. The first experience I had with musicians sellers on Fiverr, it was a seller named Cello Mix. They offer cello recording on your tracks, uh, and that time I, di- I didn't know that I want I even want cello on my on my track. I just you know I browsed the F- Fiverr sellers and I saw that image. I will record cello to- on your tracks. I I asked myself why not? Let's hear I, I let's hear how cello can uh, sound on my track. I expected to get, you know, maybe one or two cello tracks as agreed, uh, something nice to have, you know, just to get idea. But the result I got was really amazed me. I got something like 10 to 12 cello tracks that they provided. I got like several cello harmonies and trans- transition with the cellos. And the main melody sounds so rich with a contra melody. And th- that gave me idea to change the entire piece. Like today, that song that I worked with them is completely based on cellos. And at the beginning, I didn't know if I really want a cello. So it's, it's a good collaboration. That's what I'm trying, I'm trying to say. 
Yeah, I think that's interesting. And I mean, it just goes to show you that on Fiverr, you can have so many different styles of and preferences when it comes to doing work and different strokes for different folks. It all depends who the seller is, who the buyer is and how they want to communicate with each other. Well, thank you so much to Dan for joining us. You can find him on Fiverr as Donja. Thank you as always so much for listening and we will see you next week. Fibercast.